Safer at home. 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 Safer at home. How did you know it was me? You know what? I'm psycho. So, Ryan, from what I hear, you're a talent manager. Uh, yes, I'm your talent manager. <laughs> yes, I apologize for that. <laughs> so, uh, why? Well, I, I love it. Your your money with feet. Oh, I love I love representing you. That's so sweet, dude. And you represent me well. Here's what. Here's how I'd like to begin. Um, before we get into your your history and how you got in the business and stuff, I want to talk about this safer at home policy and how it's affected you and your thoughts on the business. Where were you and what were you in the middle of doing when you found out the industry was going to sort of get the brakes put on it? Well, strangely enough, my perspective through this whole situation um, I've been very calm because, you know, I mean, yes, you know, all the medical and horrible death stuff aside, you know, like uh, when it comes to the business, you know, I mean, we've, we've been set up to operate remotely, you know, pretty much from, you know, casting to contract I mean, everything can happen, you know, remotely anyway now. Um, and when AIDS hit the corn industry in the 90s, you know, they moved forward with these rules about medical screening. So the second all this happened, I just sort of remembered that and remembered how, you know, it created like this little renaissance of what the porn industry was because when the uh, porn studios had to medically test and, you know, quarantine their actors, they started creating contracts and papering them up and having them live in these, you know, hotels and houses and condos of, you know, um, porn star contract players. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I started thinking about that, I started thinking, well, medically cleared actors will become a thing, you know, just from an insurance standpoint alone. So I've just been kind of calmly waiting to see what's going to happen. And then of course, you know, now a, a big deadline article came out talking about this very situation, how, you know, they'll produce in pods of medically cleared people and you know the, the business is evolving so i i hate not being able to go have sushi because <laughs> you know won't even have sushi i can't have sushi delivered i it barely gets from the kitchen to my table fast enough in the restaurant for me to you know like it yeah so i miss sushi and i miss going out and hanging out with friends um but when it comes to the showbiz stuff <clears throat> you know uh, I knew we would evolve. Yes, and, 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 and I agree with you. And... We are absolutely going to evolve. Things will be different, but things will move forward. Yeah. But before, when you were able to work remotely, you had work to do. I mean, right, you were still submitting your actors, expecting your actors to go out to see casting directors, to hopefully work on a project. That yeah. isn't happening oh, yeah. right now. I don't think is it. In this, are they banking? Well, I mean, auditions for later. Well, 
Okay, this is just what I think is happening. Okay, this is just my yeah, opinion. Totally opinion. Based on right. observation. Yeah. You know, based on observation. Now, when I saw like the gigantic NCIS break, you know, when they put out like, they put out like something like sixty or seventy thousand eco cats, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, 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 hold on geez. one second. I'm so sorry. You yeah. know, I love Jason Kennedy. I hope you're not going to say something bad. No, not at all. Okay, good. No. Okay. Um, Continue. It, you know, every all the actors were like, "Oh my gosh, isn't it nice of them to do this?" And "Oh my gosh, isn't it great that they're doing this for us?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, they they're watching seventy thousand eco cats to be nice." You know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. no, I mean they have to me, you know, in, in the old days when you know they used to cast more than ten people for the same show over and over. All the casting offices, you know, and also pre-automation, you know, they were getting headshots and looking at headshots. Um, the casting office had an awareness of who was kind of represented where. And mm-hmm. so I saw that big, massive breakdown from them. And then other casting directors started doing the same thing, Nickelodeon for kids. And it, it looks to me like, you know, they also see the future of medically screening. I mean, Sports World announced that they were going to start doing, you know, quarantining and sequestering. And the players were like, we don't really know about that um, being locked down thing. But here's the difference between athletes and actors. I can't think of a single actor on this planet if I said, you know what? You're going to have to be locked down in a sequestered production pod on one of the lots for about a month and only focus on acting. Like there would be an actor shaped hole in the door running (laughs) to that set. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. I don't know a single actor that's going to be not fine with doing it this way. And all the lots, I mean, if you think about when all the studio lots were built, how they used to have housing on it, you know, they have all those offices that used to be bungalows that can be turned back into bungalows. They can turn, you know, the back lot into a giant RV park of star wagons. And, you know, the famous people will helicopter in and out. And, you know, we'll have contracts where nobody's allowed to get six feet within, you know, the big star and yeah. all this stuff. That's interesting. Um, but, and, and they've just, uh, there was a deadline article that just came out that I'll send you. You can see it that just came out talking about how they were going to do this. And so I predicted it at the beginning of it. It's, there's a form of what I sort of predicted happening. And it's not a matter. It's just literally common sense and perspective. And I'm old and I'm 49 and I've been in this business since I was in my very early mid late twenties, and <laughs> right. so I'm excited. And you know, I, I think people need to stop being so negative about letting showbiz change too. Because you know, if there's this thing in the article where it says they're going to have to probably eliminate the day player situation, and all these actors reacted to that with this negative sort of, "Oh my gosh, no day players!" and when I read it, all I saw was, oh, good. Now they'll have to make better roles for people. Ah, you know? Interesting. When you book jobs, they're not going to be small, crappy roles. They're going to they're gonna be roles that weren't locking you up in a little production pod for however long it is. So wow, what a good attitude crushed. you have. I'm, I'm, like, shocked. I think crew sizes are going to sadly be cut 
very, because when you think about like the social distancing requirements on a set for how many people will be able to be there, you know, there's not going to be five assistants running around getting lattes. Um, people are going to have to turn on, on and off their own equipment. Um, crew sizes will probably go back to something like old Hollywood. And right. that that's going to be an issue. I can, I can see the unions not loving that. Right. Um, but I'm going to assume, I mean, even though we have to evolve, I'm going to assume that this is all sort of until we have a working vaccine. And then yeah. we well, can go back to having testing, more people, right? And you know, until yeah. the next rapid testing up is going to mean, yeah, rapid testing is going to mean um, they'll start creating. You know, if you think about how many actors, um, you know, Susan Bluestein and Jason Kennedy have to hire for just one season of NCI. I think every breakdown has like between ten and twenty-five roles, right? Mm-hmm. So. When I saw them ask to see everybody on everybody's list, I mean, what that looks like to me is, again, my opinion, that how are you going to cast an entire season of a show unless you cast in bulk? You throw a wide net, and then you wait to see what the guidelines are going to be for production, and then you start papering up actors. Dude, that is a really interesting point. I had not thought about that. A lot of people have been talking about how we're inevitably heading back to a version of the old studio system and having to own medically cleared actors in bulk. Again, that's what the porn industry did and that's what Hollywood's going to do. And I can easily see NCIS papering up enough actors and backup choices for an entire season all at once. And then as they get close to their episode, moving them into quarantine and I mean, they're going to, they're going to have to go back to an old version of, you know, papering up. And again, positive, great thing here. If this happens, again, it's just my opinion. It's just my prediction. If this happens, there's only so many medically cleared actors that can go around, right? So all the names will get sucked up first and tapered up and locked into some, you know, contract somewhere. Then it'll be actors with credits and good resumes. They'll get sucked up next. Then all of the people who've been waiting. Wait, I'm sorry. Let know, me just stop you. So, I'm sorry. You're so you're yeah. on the phone. It's a little fuzzy. Are you saying yeah. sucked up? I mean, like, like, like papered up. Oh, you know what I'm saying? yeah. Like, no, I get it. It just sounded like fucked up, and I it like I wanted to no, make no. sure you weren't saying fucked. They were getting fucked up. No, 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 no. Sucked up, taken sucked up, up into the into okay. The yeah, thing. got it. And all all of a sudden, you know, it'll be like the old days, and we'll see a golden age of actors getting to have careers again because they're going to have to do like the old studios did. Pay actors to sit around and wait. And, and, you know, actors will technically have jobs, whether they get to act or not, you know, that'll be the, the thing, but people will be making a living as actors. Well, dude, I'm telling you, I mean, I I think think that you've come up with a fantastic, Solution. I, I mean, I, I think what you're saying is so awesome and intelligent. And my assumption, because I read the article, or at least one of the articles in Variety and Deadline yeah. and THR, and you know, it's people spitballing ideas of how to do it. Yeah. But ultimately, I feel, and I could be wrong, I feel like the guidelines are going to come down from the insurance companies. 
because if they don't, 100%. people don't get insured, right? So if they're the, the decision yeah. makers and what you're saying, like, hey, we're going to put all these actors under contract. They're going to live in our bungalows. We're going to be in charge of who crosses yeah. their path. Why not insure them? That makes perfect oh, sense. Yeah. I can easily see, you know, I mean, there's no way an insurance company is going to insure a production when they could risk some poor you know, craft service person getting sick and bringing down an entire 150 or however many million dollar production. They're not going to risk that. Nor are they going to risk killing, you know, celebrities that are, I mean, how would they shoot a show like, you know, Grace and Frankie with all those people that are of, you know, a so high much. risk age? Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, I mean, what insurance company in their right mind would even allow that without a, putting those people in a bubble, but it's going to be, and they, they, that article about the pods is interesting, and I think it's too many steps. I think they, they're already cutting people's salaries and stuff. I think they just see this as a big reset. They're all making too much money. They can take all that money and repurpose these lots and turn them into their own quarantined, safe little world that nobody goes in and out of until they're done working, and it'll be fine. Yeah. Super interesting. As an actor, I'm able to get unemployment right now, thankfully. You guys work on a percentage of what actors yeah. get, and you don't get a percentage of my unemployment. You get a percentage of what I no. make from my acting. How are you getting by right now? Uh, well, fortunately, you know, I've also been teaching for the last 20 years. By the way, and... you're a fantastic teacher. I have had many oh, actors come up to me talking about your audition workshops. Yeah, what I'm focusing on now, you know, are two things. Self-tapes, you know, are going to be 100% of this thing. Callbacks are even going to be virtual for at least two years. So, you know, all my clients are expert self-tapers because that's my thing but i'm also really enjoying i have some writing students who you know they're actors that were intimidated by the idea of writing and you know now that they know that it's easy um we've created some really great uh, original content for them to shoot so that you know whether it's for their demo reel um and, you know, it's creating amazing footage for that. Or, you know, a lot of them have come up with content that they're going to enter into festivals and mm -hmm. they're going to launch as web series. And it's been so fun because, as my mother will tell you, as a kid, she had to resort to spanking to punish me because I can be locked up by myself and fuck off for a week. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> solitude hasn't bothered me. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's uh, not being able to go out and get sushi and drinks that bothers me. Yeah, but man, I get it. Fortunately for me, I, I feel almost guilty for how okay I am with with the way things are at the moment because I've been able to teach and support myself. And you know, if I'm if I end up being eligible for whatever assistance is there for us Hollywood freelancers, great. Uh, it'll certainly be nice, um, yeah. but. I've been super lucky. And I'm also writing. Uh, I, I ended up getting lucky and 
content is such a big deal right now. I I happen to be working on a project. Which I read. In, Fantastic. Yeah. And that's, that, that's been keeping me very busy. Getting ready for a big table read on the 8th of May. And then are you going to be out and, pitching uh, it? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's already, it was, I got lucky and there's a production company up in Canada who responded favorably and they're already sort of pitching it. The table read is more, you know, I want to prove that the actors that I wrote for are the right ones. Yes. And you and, have some names already attached to it. Yeah. Hearing it out loud is, is important. I can't really talk about it. I know. I know. Um, but I read it. I'm yeah, special but, like that. Yeah. Lucky me, we have a project that's basically about the medical community in the middle of uh, the AIDS epidemic. And so it's, it's, it's a period piece that ends up laying over what's going on now. And that much I can say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be a whole new time. And it's going to be, <clears throat> look, it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. There's, there's going to be a lot of, loss that happens because of all the change taking place and i don't for a second want to downplay any of that of course um, I, I was just speaking I mean, about this with sandy logan uh who's another fantastic casting director i love and she, i love sandy logan she's amazing and she was saying the same thing like this whole this thing is tragic horrible but there's some beauty in it and she, you know, starts to recognize the beauty that she's going through in the middle of this. So uh, you're saying the same thing, just yeah. different words. Yeah, it's, you know, show business is kind of the oldest baby boomer to die from the COVID, the COVID pandemic. And after every great death, you know, there's a renaissance. Ooh, so well said, bro. Um, before that's, we... That's, that's gotta happen. Before we move on from this topic, tell people how they can find out about your classes. And I'm assuming for the first time, because of social distancing, you are doing the classes virtually. So anybody from anywhere can oh, yeah. participate. Oh yeah, one of my one of my uh, writing students is uh, an actress in Finland. Um, there's this funny guy in Sweden, and then uh, Moore Park, California. I mean all over the place okay. and the one-on-ones work great virtually and uh instagram facebook you know is full but uh, i don't mind people having my email which is ryan at mills kaplan.com r-y-a-n at sign mills m-i-l-l-s k-a-p-l-a-n for kaplan.com yeah and make sure you put in the because people always think I'm kidding till I show them my emails. I, I get between like five and seven hundred emails a week <laughs> sometimes. So uh, make sure you put in the log line like what it's about in big capital letters so that uh, I see it. Tell me a little bit about Mills Kaplan, if you don't mind. What do you guys specialize in? How did you come together? I have known Alan Mills since neither of us were really in this side of showbiz. Well, he was he was in college. I was a singer. And it was, 19, picture it, North Hollywood, 1991. <laughs> and uh, I was on stage singing and 
we met that night and have been friends ever since. He and I, uh, I ended up, you know, after my music career, I ended up becoming an agent at uh, what's now called Talent Work, mm-hmm. called Gold Marshack Lighty back in the old days. Mm-hmm. And Alan, uh, I got Alan an interview to be Daryl Marshack's assistant. And so he ended up following me into the agency world. And then Daryl Marshack left Talent Works and Alan went with him. And Daryl started his own company where Alan eventually ended up becoming a partner. And then uh, Daryl left that company and it was just Alan and now Lauren Kaplan. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of and in the midst of all that, I went from Talent Works to another management company where I was for 13 years. And then uh, after that 13 years was up, you know, Alan and I always wanted to work together. We've been best friends. I mean, we may as well be married, but the reason why we're still friends is because we were smart enough to never do that. Yeah. And uh, everyone Alan, loves Alan, by the way. Like literally yeah, everybody. No. How could you not? Oh, you know, he's, he's the best. And when I needed a place to move my list, you know, he was right there for me. Like, a, 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 you know, a, any best friend you'd expect them to be and and then some. And since moving to Mills Kaplan, you know, we have a small but mighty list of, you know, I, my specialty are character actors. Mm-hmm. You know, Seth Coulson's the world. <laughs> um, because, A, I've always found character actors to be the most artistic. I'm an artist. I, I ended up selling people for a living, but I'm an artist at heart. And, you know, looking at the breakdown and applying character actors to it is so much more creative than just, yep, pretty. This person's pretty, put them there. This person's pretty, yeah. put them there. Character actors get to go everywhere. And I love that. And that's kind of our, our list. You know, yes, yes, I have a couple young up and comers that I'm super proud of and excited about. Uh, yeah. And I love that market when you get lucky, but that's such a, I yeah. mean, getting lucky in the young, in the young and up and summer market is, that's, that's literally like a winning lotto ticket. Yeah. Um, I prefer the, I prefer the, you know, interesting and different. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, when all of the social distancing is over, I'd love to get to know Lauren better. I, I know her oh, yeah. the least of the crew, but I, I like her a lot and I'd, I'd like to love her and I'll just need to know her. Oh, you will. Sadly, I'm in the middle of all this. Um, her 13 year old dog Bogart passed away. And, oh man. You know, we, we, we've all had to deal with losing bogey remotely. And cause bogey is probably in that. the office a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, and he was—he was a—he was, was a celebrity. Well, he's, thanks for social media, he's still a celebrity. Mm. Um, he was quite famous amongst the amongst the, the doodle community. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. Goodbye, Bogart. We'll miss yeah. you. Let me ask yeah. you this question. Right, I I am uh, lucky enough to have full representation right now. There are some actors who do not. Do you think during this time, in your opinion, will is this a time that managers will look at their list and say, because of the changes, I have to start dropping, or because of the changes, I would like to start taking on some new people. Like I, I want to start looking at more actors. What is what are your thoughts right. about where actors stand right now? 
Well, I just think that that depends on each, especially managers, you know, because, you know, unless you own your own agency and you're making those decisions on your own, you know, and agencies operate differently. So I'll just speak, I'll answer that, you know, from a management standpoint. It just depends on what your outlook is on things. If you see things the way that I sort of see them unfolding, then my plan is to wait till around middle May and see how many more people I can possibly add. It's because if, if people end up getting signed in bulk, you know, networks and studios, then I'm going to run out of actors quick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just kind of playing it by ear, but I think that there are a lot of people that are doom and gloom. And, you know, here's the thing. As a musician, and then again, after the writer's strike in 2007, you know, I've, I've been to the bottom of the barrel and back and it didn't kill me. So I don't panic about it, you know. So this, there's a lot of people in our town right now who have never faced down the bottom of the barrel. And the helplessness that they feel because they've done everything right. Mm -hmm. They've been responsible grown-ups. They've done everything the way that you're supposed to do it. And now because of the situation beyond their control... You know, they're literally facing down the bottom of the barrel. And that's new for a lot of people. For those of us, you know, like the journeyman actor who understands picking the bottom of the barrel out of your teeth. You know, there's a there's a lot of us in this town who understand this fear. And I think the big difference between, you know, the people who will drop clients and the people who will sign more clients are based on that fear. Like how afraid of you, how afraid are you? of this being the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see them just shrinking and giving up because it's, it's going to get, it's going to get a little bit weird when all of a sudden, you know, one actor is locked into one show for an entire season and can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that makes I mean, sense. What are you, yeah. Are you supposed to sit there with a list full of actors that you can't do anything with um, right. I mean, and, and to your earlier point, if they get locked into one show and they can't do anything else, but there's no more day players, like you've said, it probably means they're going to have to bring more money and, and a stronger character arc to that role. Yeah. So they'll probably be paid while they're on hold with that one show in that. Well, I also model. think they'll, they'll, that was an early article, and I think. Common sense to me says, again, there's one too many steps going on here with all these pods and blah, blah. Rather than worry about just one show, you know, is, that's CBS, right? Is NCIS, is that what yeah. that was there? Uh-huh. But the, the network Ooh. and the studio could just, you know, they could use a gigantic pool of actors and just create very yeah. interesting. I think that they, there's going to be, and they're not going to be day players, day players, like, like yeah. walk on extra roles. No, um, I get what you're saying. That's, that's freaking brilliant. So in this model, you know, again, we don't know what's going to happen, but in this model, what we're saying, like somebody could get a studio holding deal. And part of that holding deal yeah. is you've gone through all of this, made sure you're medically cleared. And if you get the holding deal, 
you're in a bungalow or you're in a hotel or whatever, and you could participate in any of the shows where people uh, from their network that people have been medically cleared. Right. Interesting. I think there'll be that. I think there will be that tier of people, and then I think there will be a, a tier of people who have lesser paying holding deals that don't live quarantined yet, but they're obligated to self quarantine, and you know they'll be the ones like okay. Casting will say, okay, I need this then to be cleared by this date. So then they'll call you and say, okay, we're moving you from your house, self-quarantine, some rapid test, you know, and I think they'll, they'll move people in and out of the housing based on a need. And just that's because two week, a two-week window is probably all they'll need, maybe three to be safe. Yeah. I can see the insurance companies being a little bit, you know, saying 14 days is too tight and making it, you know, a full month even, who knows, but Dude, I am it'll, in, it'll balance out. And, I am impressed with the amount of thought you have put into this. I think that's a really, really smart. <laughs> and I've read the articles too, and I, I didn't come to that conclusion the way you did. Good for you. I hope people listen. Well, I again, it's, solution. <clears throat> people are just, they're very terrified. And I just see this as the beginning of the second golden age of Hollywood. Very nice, bro. Um, That's my attitude. Have you been in touch with any of your casting friends during this time? You know, not on a business level, but through several different Facebook groups. Um, I've I've reconnected with some, you know, people that I used to talk on the phone to every day mm -hmm. when that's the way that we did it. And I've met a lot of the new younger casting crowd that I wouldn't normally get to just chit chat with you know as we're all dyeing our hair and yeah if i get any fatter i'm gonna have to get a job as a wrecking ball for that so <laughs> is that what you're doing right now are you eating a lot while you're at home i'm really 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 good at cooking it's stupid how good i am at cooking and my mom in the middle of all this moved to austin texas and so before she left she felt the motherly need to you know stock my you know everything up and she shopped for me when I stay with her, like I'm still 15. So there was so much crap in this house to eat for the first month that every day was like, oh, I'll, I'll, it's movie day, movie night. Every day was movie day and movie night, and I just ate my weight in like whoppers. And... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now, I also oh, know, remember how we talked about when you began as an agent, you were at what's now Talent Works, but it was Goldmarshak Lightkey. So even when Correct. you moved on, I have watched you perform your little fucking heart out on stage with the Harry Gold Band. So you're still in touch yeah. with them. And what people don't, like, you know, you said you used to be a musician, you used to do that. You have a fucking golden voice. You are so talented, dude. Thank you. That is a true statement, though. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not yeah, gonna argue with that. It is true. Singing. I'm really, really good at singing and cooking. Those are, when I do them at the same time here in the apartment, it's literally magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harry just had uh, a birthday on Friday, and uh, I was lucky enough to get him on the phone and wish him a happy birthday. And it's crazy to think that he was 50 when he started the Harry Gold Band, the whole thing, he was, he was turning 50. And when I think back to when I started at, at that company, 
how young I felt and how old he seemed. And <laughs> yeah. I'm a, and I'm exactly 49 friggin' years old right now. And I think, oh my God, I'm old. So next year for my 50th, I'm doing the same thing that he did. I'm going to have a, an amazing band and I'm going to throw an incredible gig. So, Dude, I'm super down for it. I would like to see if you remember how we met. Um, It was the real deal, right? No, bro. I knew that's what you were going to say. The real deal was a show that Ryan hosted along with casting director Ivy Eisenberg when I was at Breakdown Services. We had the virtual channel network. But no. before that? Yes. I was an intern at Nan Dutton's office with Scott David. Oh, that's right. And you worked next door, basically, at Gold Marshak Leidke. And one day, you came over to drop off the submissions. It was when everything was, you know, hard copy can you believe that no you were like a little Uh, thimble of a tiny probably almost agent or junior agent and i probably didn't say a word to you because i was just the intern but you've been on my mind since then i was like god that guy's really cool and everybody in the office loved you that's so funny to think back to a time when you know my assistant would stuff the submission envelope for john levy and nan dutton and all of the Warner Brothers people over there that were right next door to Talent Works at, you know, West Olive. And, I mean, I would literally have a bag filled with manila envelopes on one side. And then if I had too many, I would either take a backpack or another bag filled with VHS cassettes and demo reels. And I would literally walk around like a carpet salesman and sit at people's desks and pitch and do and now, I mean, it's like point, it's like point, click, pray, and hope for the best. And I miss, I miss the one-on-ones because casting directors are such a unique and awesome, yeah, special, I completely agree, totally. It's 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 something that you know. I mean, I miss the most. It's like Dee Dee Bradley could not have been more hilarious and fun and amazing and nan dutton i was one yeah. of the few people that Liked was her. never afraid of nan dutton <laughs> yeah i loved her me too definitely i'm full you know of what? love for her you know what she just didn't tolerate weak people what a way to put it and i absolutely i respect that she yeah. didn't have time to waste hers or anybody else's and yeah she was just offend- she was just as offended if you were wasting your own time <laughs> yeah. as she was if you were wasting her and then you she know, would tell you about it for an hour <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love her. I'm still in touch with but, um, yeah, I love her. Yeah, those are the good old days. Yeah. Um, tell her. Tell her hello if you if you talk oh, to her. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'll text her. And by I the way, I, I think about her. for sure, that was probably you know how you talked about you know it could bring about a, a a golden age, a new golden age, and people are fearful of change like this. Well, that this is kind of what happened when breakdown services went digital. Right, you guys used yeah. to go around, and everybody did not want to make this change. Then all of a sudden, they did, and it's it's the way we go. Yeah. We don't even think about it again. Yeah, even though, like, I think it's hilarious that I remember Breakdowns put out a notice. It was like it seemed like every day it's going to happen on the state. It's going to happen on the state. It's going to happen. And we read it in the Breakdowns every day for like six months, and still, like the day it happened, we're like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, 
hilarious how these showbiz types do not like change. Dude, you have been in this business representing actors for so long. What do you love most about working in the entertainment community, especially when it comes to working with a team of actors when it's so hard to make money doing it? You know, I am an artist, first and foremost, you know, who ended up, again, being an agent first and then a manager. And you know, now that I'm also writing and producing and teaching and, you know, I, I have a very creative part of my life that's alive and well. Um, sure, what was the question again? I just totally like, got yeah, on a tangent what, and I was just like... What made you decide to... Why, why do you still do it? Why do you still do it? Yeah. Why all of a sudden, the answer got so big it overwhelmed me. It's like crazy. Oh. Um, I still do it because I never cared about getting rich. You know, um, the one thing that I know after working in this business this long is to be famous and broke has got to be the worst fucking thing ever. Mm -hmm. And to become famous and struggle and the whole, I like, I'm so grateful that I got to do music and experience that world and kind of live a dream but everything happens for a reason and I think I would have ended up dead if I would have ended up like a celebrity mm -hmm. knowing no but, but I love actors and I love writing so since writing has become my new you know passion and that's my art where singing was my outlet writing is my outlet and I couldn't I mean What's a, what's a, what's a script without a bunch of great actors? Yeah. And so I've been selling actors and, you know, sort of leading actors as a manager. You're more of a leader than you are a salesman. When you're an agent, your, your whole job is just smile and dial, sell, sell, sell. But a manager's job is, you know, there is a smile and dial element, but where an agent's job kind of stays the same your whole career, a manager's job grows and changes with your career. Mm. And every every career is different. Every actor is different. And, you know, there's this creative element that gets applied. Yeah. And I love that. I, I've proven through, I mean, I've stayed in this business through the writer's strike and, you know, just the bottleneck of names only working and, you know, I think that those of us who have hung in there this long, again, I, I'm super optimistic. Everything happens in cycles. And showbiz basically started in, you know, the 20s. So it makes sense that it's starting over in the 20s. Ooh. And great. Okay. Uh, Second me, golden age. Here we come. Let me ask you this. You know, I read the script that you just did, the show you're creating, and I emailed you one of the roles in there is legitimately perfect for you. I can, as a human being, I cannot picture another person playing this role. And that's not well, that's not what you because I use myself as the description in the breakdown. You're, you're, yeah, and it's you're a, not wrong. <laughs> and it's the tone, it's the comedy, it's, you know, not many people can pull off that kind of like biting sarcasm yet still be lovable. Is there a chance that when your show goes you might go back into performing. No. Really? I, I, Are you I'll kidding? That's crazy. No. I'll be very involved in the musical element, and I can see myself playing a member of, you know, the, the that house community band. within yeah. the show. Um, 
But uh, when it comes to, I love teaching acting, and you know, I was I I chose not to act as a kid when I saw the chance. I was 12 years old. I was a child actor. I believed that's what I was going to be was an actor. And then, you know, in the middle of you know rehearsal for Tom Sawyer, you know, me as Tom, of course, and the director needed me to not be so campy, and I was probably a little bit. I'm probably a little bit gay for his version of Tom, but he wa- he wanted me to see something truthful, so he made me watch the movie The Chance. And if you haven't seen The Chance, I dare anybody to watch that movie. It, I can cry right now just talking about it. And when I saw what Ricky Schroeder did at eight years old, and then got nominated for a Golden Globe, like when I saw how he physically ached and was snot coming out of his nose, that was real. I said, "Fuck acting that." Sucks. not doing it <laughs> <That's funny>. uh, <laughs> I, I i did i was like that that's stupid i kept doing theater just in the musical theater was fun but i kept it light and lucky for me you know singing was my was my gift and as, as soon as i got out of high school i got into bands and uh got into music and left acting behind you know i like I said, I'm good at acting and I love teaching it, but to, to do it for real, to be one of those actors that loves like, you know, one of a small hot theater in like June, you know, it's like, yeah. like 30 people with 30 people crammed in there. And it's like one actor on stage wearing a turtleneck, even though it's a hundred degrees, sitting mm-hmm. on a stool, sweating and crying for 90 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Real actors love that. Like, I, I, I could never do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so funny. I have, um, do you have time? I have one more topic I want to discuss with you. Yeah. It's just always going to be a touchy subject, but you're, you're yeah. my first manager on the podcast and you're my manager and you're my friend. So I want to discuss this. When it comes time for a management company or an agent to drop an actor or when it comes time for an actor to move on from the agent or manager. And I think I'm talking for other people, not myself, because I'm friends with everybody I've ever worked with. I've never had hard feelings. Right, yeah, yeah. But is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big boy. I, I can handle this. Is there a way that is appropriate, You do you think, for an actor to tell a manager or an agent, like, look, I just – this isn't working. I haven't worked forever. You're not making any money. We'll move on. And is there a way, on the other hand, for an, a, an appropriate way for a representative to say that to an actor? Because many actors get that from a an email, and right. and they feel like, oh my god, I thought I was in love with them. I thought they were in love with me, and they sent me an email. It's done. And I'm sure right. it's the same way. I'm sure there are actors you've worked with as a manager who you've been like, dude, we're doing so good. We're having so much fun. We love each other. And then you get an email that it's over. Is there an appropriate way to do this? Well, I've been beyond lucky and can still count on one hand the actors that have left me and I it actually hurt. You know, where, you know, you get left for somebody bigger, um, you know, or 
you know, get poached even by somebody the same size because they uh-huh. happened to be at a party that you couldn't go to because you had the flu. Yeah. You know, like there's only, I, I'm, I've been so lucky. So let me just say that for the record. Um, but when it comes to an appropriate way, you know, from my side of the fence, the things that I never want to hear, mm-hmm. um, here are the things that don't bother saying to me. Right? <laughs> Great. It's not personal. It's just business. Mm-hmm. Go fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. This couldn't be a more personal business. So, right. you know, if you spent time, you know, on my couch sobering up after, you know, your spouse beat the crap out of you and then come to me and say, it's not personal, it's just business. Yeah. I'm going to have to say shenanigans, right? So yeah. never say that because that's just stupid. Um, there's no reason to point out the obvious, like you haven't been getting auditions. You haven't been making any money. Everybody knows, you know, like, Pointing out the obvious, yes, it ends up feeling like a blame game. It ends up feeling like case building. You know, I think the most appropriate way and the best way that people have done it to me <laughs> is to just pull the Band-Aid off and say, I'm leaving. And hmm. I'll, I say, why? And they say, because I want to go to this company. Fine. That's what it's about. Keep it simple. I'm leaving because I think this company is where I need to be. And we don't, anything else makes it personal. It hurts. It's stupid and unnecessary. Keep it short, rip the bandaid off and get the fuck out of my office. You know, <laughs> um, or, or, or if you're calling, you know, uh, and you know, yeah. that's probably the part where I'll say something semi passive aggressive and then hang up on you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think this is there, an important it, it, conversation it, to have because people don't talk yeah. about it, but it happens all the time. And I knew if there was anybody yeah. who was going to be honest about how they felt about it would be Here's the thing. I have dropped people via email under two circumstances. When A, they haven't returned my calls and given me an opportunity to talk to them. And so if, if dropping is the decision that I've made, and at that point, you know, lack of communication is clearly a problem, then they'll get an email from me. Yeah. Um, that's, that's about the only time a, a, a couple of times I have emailed actors that I signed that just kind of ended up being, you get good at spotting crazy people, but you get, you get excited and you get a little bit lazy sometimes and then you'll accidentally sign somebody super fucking nuts. Mm. And um, you've met them. I mean, there's just no nice way to think. Yeah, yeah, of course. There are crazy people in this business and yeah. they're very good at selling themselves and all of a sudden they're calling you on Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. to talk about breakdowns on a Monday and you're like, right. wow. Yeah. <laughs> that person that person might get a, you know, a goodbye email. Yeah, and I can't it's imagine, so especially if it's kids with stage parents, that's probably like tripled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I... I I'm very picky about my, my, my kids and it starts with their parents first, you know, because yeah. they're the ones I have to do business with. But, you know, it's when it comes to a- actors and their reps and the relationships, you know, everyone is different. And, you know, when it comes time to break up, it's never because things are good. Right. That's true. Right. It, um, or 
sometimes it is because things are good and all of a sudden, you know, somebody giant will come along for them. So it's good for the actor and it's bad for you. Right. And, you know, this, yeah. there's always a bigger fish and we happen to swim with sharks. So let me let me ask just, you this. Just, I was talking to a friend of mine who's an actor recently who has an agent and a manager but is looking to change management companies just just looking for somebody who's you know a little bit higher up the food chain and i told him something that danny sussman i don't know if you know danny from Rolstein entertainment partners told yeah. told me he said there's a an unspoken rule that managers do not poach from other managers agents poach from each other but managers respect if somebody has a manager and i won't take a meeting unless somebody has already left the current manager. Do you find I, that to be true? I follow that same rule. You know, yeah. that, that, that's 100% true. And um, I've stuck by that same rule because I believe in karma, first and foremost. And, you know, coaching somebody's client that they've worked really, really hard. Because the thing is, is every management company is one actor away from being a giant management company, mm-hmm. you know? And when the management company has been responsible for everything from getting them their first agent, you know, to taking them to the agency that goes after that and then is involved with, you know, you know, once, you know, once somebody becomes, you know, more marketable, your job changes. So managers, there, there is, and it's kind of nice now that I think about it. There is, there is an unspoken, but spoken loyalty amongst managers of all different rungs. Yeah. And it's typically like, you know, you know, my client that left me for the bigger management company several years ago, she was an influencer and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that company that found her. She found them. And the very first thing, and it happened to be a place where, she found the company where my old boss, Bonnie Lighty, happened to be now managing actors. And so the very first thing Bonnie did when my actor reached out to them was Bonnie called me mm-hmm. and said, mm-hmm. you know, are you aware that this is happening? And I said, no. And, you know, so, I mean, it, it, it's cool. I mean, there is, there is some loyalty. It's just, it's, everybody nice and does everybody obey by that rule no there are a few poaching manager sharks out there but we all know who they are yeah they're on a list yeah <laughs> i get it they're and on also one of your clients who i just freaking adore sandy martin sandy yeah. is a, such a talent and she's just such an amazing human being and i bet that there have been other managers who have approached her on a project and said Hey, you know what? Why don't you come for me? We'll do this. We'll do that. But, but oh, you know, she's she's been funny and told me about a few of them. It's hilarious. Yeah, totally. And it once again, it goes back to relationship because she loves the hell out of you. I mean, you could probably be well, like and, and on the moon, and she'll be on your client list. Not not only do do we love each other because we've known each other since you know Napoleon Dynamite hadn't even come out when the day you know I met her and. She was actually managing actors at the time when I was an agent. And what? She, yeah, no, Sandy 
you know, she worked here and there, but she was managing actors, and my assistant kept bugging me. And, like, every week, she's like, there's this manager, Sandy Martin, she wants you to see her people. And I finally was like, fine, just set them up. I don't care. I was, you know, the day comes, I meet the actor, who I still represent to this day. Um, and then after the meeting, Sandy comes in to my office, and I took one look at her, and I forgot all about the actor that came in. Because I recognized her from movies that I'd seen her in, Barfly mm -hmm. and, you know, The Gambler. And first thing I said to her was like, you know, you were in Barfly and I, I loved that. And she goes, yeah, I produced that with that almost. And as soon as she started talking, I fell in love with her. And I asked her if she was still working. And she said, yeah, I just did this little movie, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Not sure if it's going to go anywhere because they spent $2 on it. But, you know, I think it's good. And, uh, I signed her in the room that day. How and, funny. And and brought her on at the agency. And, you know, I learned from Harry Gold the art of, you know, selling against type. You know, he he taught me, he booked Pam Greer in this movie with Ice Cube. And the breakdown had been released for a man. And he ended up selling him Pam Greer. It was amazing. And so with Sandy... I kind of followed that model and I started submitting her for everything from serial killers to male judges, truck drivers, and she booked it all. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she's one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her, her last few years on Ray Donovan, she gets recognized everywhere she goes now. And if it isn't some kid screaming at her to make a, you know, bang chase Adilla, it's <laughs> people you know, screaming at her about Ray Donovan. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm super proud of the work that, that she and I have accomplished over the years with really outside of the box roles that she's booked just because casting saw, ooh, yeah, that is interesting. Maybe we should do something. Okay. I actually I thought of one. Do you have another 10 minutes? I thought of one more thing I want to talk about. Sure. So you've had a hard time with me because sometimes I think I'm a little bigger than my britches. And you've sent me, um, you know, so and so wants to see you, and I'll say, no, I'm, I'm not going in. Does that, is that one of the worst things a client can do? Like I know how hard it is for you to get an appointment, and when you finally get an appointment, and the actor says, no. Well, I think that again that goes to perspective. I think an agent would get very angry and some managers probably would but the one thing that i love about you and my other clients who know what they want for their career there's a dialogue open because you know as you well know there there have been you know at least one or two times when you were like i don't want to do it and i said that's the fuck yourself you're doing yeah, it that and was like when i was naked on american horror story and i ended up <laughs> I ended up loving it, and that opened the door to nine one one. I wasn't gonna do it, and you were yeah. like, "Are you crazy? Yeah. Crazy?" Yeah. You know, I know, I know when to push, and I know when to to hear an actor, and actually, it, when an actor says no for a legitimate reason, and it makes sense based on like a vision board thing, and not because an ego thing. I, I don't let people pass because of an ego. Mm -hmm. If it's a career strategy move that makes sense and I go, yeah, you know what? We don't need this. Happy to pass. Um, then great. But I think 
experience and wisdom. You know, hey, I, being 49 now, I've learned to listen a lot more. So. Oh, all right, dude. Well, yeah. I'm so honored that you gave me the time to do this podcast. And you I'm know, so excited I finally got to do it, dude. Yeah. I, dude, I love you. I would give you a noogie right now if you were here. And yeah. is there anything you know? So I have probably four actors, two casting directors, and three talent managers who listen to this podcast. Is there anything I've left out that you would like them to know, either about you or about you know your thoughts on the business? Well, I think that content creators are going to be the whole new thing and actors on you know your list and if you're an actor listening to this learn how to get your ideas you know made cheaply and and you know effectively because i think there's going to be just as many opportunities for people as actors as there are content creators with all the streaming platforms buying up all these low-budget movies and TV shows. So I think people need to stop seeing themselves as just one thing mm. and start realizing that we have an opportunity to be anything we want to be in the entertainment business right now. Oh, and dude. that's a gift. You're the best, gift. dude. I love you. Thank you for being safer at home and with talent manager Ryan Glasgow. My pleasure. Bye. 